Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Welcome to New Mexico DJ Service presents Fly on the Wall podcast with your host, Elliot Goldstein. This podcast is listener funded. So if you wish to assist the Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Any size contributions would be appreciated. Dion is an American singer and songwriter whose music has incorporated elements of doo-wop, rock, R&B, and blues. Initially as the lead singer of Dion and the Belmonts, and then in his solo career, he was one of the most popular American rock and roll performers of the pre-British invasion era. He had 39 top 40 hits in the late 1950s and early 1960s as a solo performer, with the Belmonts or with the Del Satins. He is best remembered for the singles Runaround Sue, The Wanderer, Ruby Baby and Lovers Who Wander, among other hits. Dion released six chart-topping blues albums. Critics who had dismissed his early work, labeling him as a teen idol, praised his later work and noted the influence he has had on other musicians. A Grammy-nominated artist, Dion has released more than 30 albums and scored eight top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989. Elliot Olsen. Yes, Mr. D.D., how you doing? Double D's. How you doing? How you doing, my friend? Um, how you feeling? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's coming along. Beautiful. I'm like, uh, you know, keep it simple. Good. So, um, 
I got a thousand people who wanted me to say hello to you. Uh, Arno, of course, sends his regards. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about is, and I know we don't have much time today, but um, I'm kind of working backwards because um, we only have half an hour or so. I wanted to talk to you about your blues albums. Everybody knows the history of Dion. Everybody knows the Wanderer and all that stuff. But I think your blues albums are just um, they're spectacular. They're, they're, they're genius. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really believe that I'm writing the best songs of my life. I think so, yep. The last two years, I've just been, I don't know, been under the wellspring of creativity straight from, I don't know, you know, these songs are coming to me that, uh, and I keep, they keep coming. Yeah. Like I, I just wrote one yesterday, I was like, well, I tell you, I don't know, I'm just... I don't know. I'm at a time in my life. I'm very open. Okay. Uh, what an important word, you know? Yeah. But, uh, it's uh, really, I mean, you don't look that way, but it's, uh, it's, it's really important to well, be, uh, yeah. When a lot of, when a lot of artists are slowing down, you seem to have gotten a second wind that just kind of, I think it's the best stuff you've done in, in a heck of a, you know, I mean, I love the classic stuff that you've done, but this whole blues um, genre that you're working on, first of all, you have every great guitarist in uh, the world working with you. Yeah, I'm just really blessed in that respect. That, uh, and, and not just asking them to play and them accepting and sending in exceptional uh you know, contributions. Yep. But I've made some great friends, guys that I really never talked to at length. Yep. Like, uh, like Peter Frampton. Sure. Uh, one of the great, really great guys, Sonny Landreth, who I didn't know at all. Sonny's a monster. He, he, he's just a great guy. Yes. And yep. I, I got, I, I, I've had great conversations with Ricky Lee Jones what a sweetheart. Who, uh, yep. Yeah, and uh, I, I became great friends with uh, Billy Gibbons. Loved that guy. <laughs> you know, always, you know, I've known Bruce Springsteen and sure. Paul Simon and sure. Morrison a long time. But, yep. Uh, you know, people like Eric Clapton, I never really, uh, you know, well, uh, you, 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 you went out and with him. But during the pandemic, you know, we, we took. Talked a lot just through emails. And, sure. And yep. And, phone and, calls. Yeah, I mean Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck is a a little bit of a, uh, you know, he's a mysterious character. Yes. He's uh, he's usually working on his car, so I don't get to talk to him that much. But yep. guys like Mark Knopfler, I've had hours of conversations on the on the phone. You yeah. know, he's he's just yeah. Uh, very accessible and and oh. generous, as people say. You know, yeah. really. Uh, yep. I, I I speak to his brother David. Um, I did a few interviews with David, who was in Dire Straits too for uh, the beginning. Huh. And um, yeah, he's. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, these guys are like, uh, like he's one of the most distinctive guitar players on the planet. Yes, and you know, Elliot, it's it's a weird thing that 
you could have the same amp. I mean, basically, uh -huh. you know, generally speaking, you could have the same amp, the same guitar, yep. and just with your hands. Yes. And, you know, manipulating the guitar some way, you get totally different approaches and sounds. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and, and look at Jeff. You know, Jeff Beck doesn't use doesn't even use a pick. You know, he just, you know, incredible stuff. And and you've worked the greatest. And you're a pretty good guitar player too. Don't don't take that. Up. You know, I mean, you you know, you did a couple of blues yeah, albums with you doing the guitar work. Yeah, and the pandemic. You know, being in the shutdown, I've been like uh, playing a lot. Yeah, I, yep. I'm having a good time with that. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, um, First of all, before I forget to tell you, my wife loves your last album. She does. It. She plays it maybe a hundred times a day. Uh, Stomping ground. Stomping ground. What an album that is. Actually, it came out. It came out in November, November nineteenth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right before the new so, year. Yep. And what... I got to say, a friend of mine just sent me. Uh, he just sent me a. One of the best reviews I've ever, I've ever, I think. Mm -hmm. I've never heard anything like this. This is, mm -hmm. he's not a reviewer. He's just a friend. Sure. He says, my daughter gave me this, this guy, this guy is so brainiac that when they found writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, uh -huh. they, gave, they gave it to him to publish well. And to uh, interpret and all, he, he's he's like super bright. So he says, "D, my daughter gave me the CD Stomping Ground for Christmas." Yeah, super. Wow, I am still trying to figure out why it is so good. I know. A couple of thoughts. Well, I feel totally at home and comfortable, and yet it is totally fresh and an adventure. Yes. Well, my wife's from the Bronx, so right there, maybe that was the connection, but she loves that album. Um, so there's a copy in the car, you know, we listen to it, you know, in the house. But it's just, a, yeah, it is, it's just it's just a killer album. Yes, good taste. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. like it, too. Yep. You know, I've always wanted to uh, find within myself uh, – those the, a, a spe the special way uh, that I felt listening to uh, Jimmy Reed or mm -hmm. any great record I heard when I was a kid. I always wondered, you know, I felt almost like like I was in ecstasy listening to it. Right. And I, I all my life, I think, has been a, a search for how to transmit that okay. into somebody else. So, so so when you tell me your wife, uh, you know, likes it and listen, you know, th that's my whole, I'm not, I'm not hard to figure out. That's what I'm all about. I'm trying to yeah. transmit that ecstasy, you know, e ecstasy means like standing outside of yourself. It's, it's almost like, a feeling of like you get away from the bills and washing the dishes and yep. you know you know all the laundry and the gas and the you know you know what I mean. Yeah, you go to a, you so, go you go to a better place for a bit. Yeah, trans yeah transcend. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're, you're outside of the body 
experience. And um, yeah. so you're obviously a Skip James fan. You have an album, uh, um, you know, the son of oh, yeah. son of Skip James, which is another brilliant album. And that one was pretty much all you on guitar, right? Yeah, you know, yes. You know, uh, I met Johnny Winters on a blues cruise. Uh-huh. And I went down to his room, we were talking, and he was telling me that, you know, he, he liked the song I wrote about Skip James. Right. And he says, you know this, he said, you know the story about Skip James, don't you? And I said, no, what? He said, it's, a, it's legendary. I said, well, what is it? He said, they used to pay Skip James to stop singing because he was so depressing. Wow. wow. <laughs> Jeez. He said, he said he sounded like a wounded animal sometimes. Yeah, yeah. wow. So they used to him to, and I loved it. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah, the sure. blues. That, that's the blues. But um, you, you um, I know you took over the blues. We... What happened is I was on... I was on NPR, uh-huh. and uh, I was with Terry Gross, and I did about an hour and a half show, and I had my guitar, and I was punctuating the stories with what I was learning as I grew up with these songs. Right. So Richard Goddard had heard the interview, and he called me, and he said, you know, Dion, he said, you should go in and do an album of all those songs you were singing. I said, well, those were just songs I learned, you know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was, you know, honing my skills and, you know, I, I just never thought of doing those songs. He said, but yeah, you should do those. Why, why don't you go into the studio and just knock out what the songs that you grew up to, whatever. Right. So I went in. I did eight songs one day with my guitar. The next day I did four songs. And my engineer makes me a CD. And on the way home, I'm listening to the CD in my truck. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, does this music come easy to me? It's like right in the center of my being. I don't even have to think. <laughs> and I actually released... Uh-huh. Those demos or whatever yeah, that yeah. was. Punch right. Blue is that session. Right. Wow. I never even went back, fixed the word or anything. Wow. I just, on a few of them, I did some overdubs because they needed a solo thing. You know, I did yeah. very simple. Right. But that's it, me and the guitar. Wow. And he was a drum. That's it. There's no bass, nothing on it. I love, uh, so, I love your version of a baby, what do you want me to do on that album? Right. You know, like, again, that's what I grew up with, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. When I was a kid, I heard Jimmy Reed sing, uh, you know, if you ever have a say goodbye, I'm going to lay right down and die. You better take some insurance out on me, baby. Yeah. I thought, that is the most brilliant thing I ever heard. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, those guys back then, um, I mean, everybody knows what a brilliant lyricist Dylan is. But guys like Chuck Berry and those old blues guys, they were able to tell a story in two minutes. You know, the whole story came out in two minutes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, you've worked with Lou Reed. I mean, you've worked with everybody, you know, and, um, you know, and this is, and, and, you know, people know Dion on the Belmonts, which you guys were classic. You got, you know, that stuff will be around till the end of time. But um, you kind of had a, there was a point there where 
you kind of disappeared for a bit, and you came out like a phoenix, just boom, with this whole fiery um, energy behind you. Was there anything that kind of uh, um, drove you to that? Well, I came out with Abraham, Martin, and John. There wasn't too many. Is no. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It was like, uh, I don't know. I just went along with the times and kind of soaked up what was happening around me. Uh-huh. And like I said, I've always been, I'm pretty easy to figure out. I've always been trying to hone a great song to uh, to transcend, uh, you know, to transmit this, this feeling I, I always had by listening to a great song. And it was like, like I said, it was almost like ecstasy to me. It was, okay. you know, it would, it would take me out of myself. And uh, that's what I've always about. That's what I'm still about. Wow. It's, I've never changed, really. Okay. So, but I've, I've gotten, I think I've, like, kind of matured or developed or, well, you, you know, did, evolved. You hit a niche. Uh, you hit a great niche. You're right, you're right there in the pocket now. Yeah. And, yeah, I... I I'm singing. I'm a rhythm singer, so I'm singing better. I I, I know I know how to trans. I, I know how to to uh, interpret a lyric. You know, like sure. I, I don't know what that what that. But you know, the reason why you can't find me thinking on the album. You know that it's just nat. It's as natural as Muddy Waters uh-huh. or Robert Johnson or anybody. Right. I think. It's because I'm writing the songs, and I'm not, I don't have another voice in my head, so I just do them. Right. I'm not saying, you you know what I mean? If I was doing something, well, there's one song on Stomping Grounds that I didn't write. It's called Red House. Okay. It's a Jimi Hendrix song. Sure, the Hendrix too. But I did it so different that Uh I didn't hear his voice in my head. I wasn't competing with him at all. No. Well, that's the whole thing. You, you didn't compete with anybody on your albums, on these blues right. things. These are yours. If people didn't know, yeah. the, if people didn't know, um, you know, a, a Terraplane Blues was a Robbie Johnson tune. If they didn't know that, they would think that was written for you or you wrote it for you. You know, you took over. You took these tunes and you made them yours. Whoever did the tune copied <laughs> Hendrix. You turned it into a Dion number. You know, I tell you. Personally, I think Red House is Jimi Hendrix's greatest art. For me, uh-huh. it's almost like the, the template. If you want to know how to play a blues song, yeah. a slow blues song, and the attitude, the, the guitar, everything about it, uh-huh. it's perfect. Right. And like it's, it's what you have to study to do it. So Stevie Ray Vaughan did it. Prince did it. Yeah. Buddy Guy did it. Yep. And they all did it pretty good, but no cigar. Yeah. You know, yeah, no cigar. You can't, you can't, you can't be better than that record. No, they were afraid. That's, they were afraid oh, to change it. Yep. That's Mona Lisa. You know that. That's mm-hmm. like you. You're gonna fall short if yep. you do it that way. Yes, and you and Keb Moe did a brilliant job on that. I I thought let me let me not even go near that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think if Jimmy Hendrix was around, he would say, you know, you went to the same place I went to. Yes. You you, get, you got the sense of humor of the song. You uh-huh. know what you're talking about. And you went your own way. You know, you, yeah. you expressed it your own way. You know? 
And you know, and you had your own blues period. You had a, you had a, there was a time in your life when you kind of really must have felt the blues when you were in trouble, you know. Oh yeah, well we all have that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, Every... I'm just, but I'm just saying, you were able to channel it, and boom, you made a um, a whole new. Uh, um, you know, Dion came out a blues act, and you know, blues artist, and that this is just incredible stuff. I don't know. You, you know, I'm I'm glad I seeped into it. It's it's almost like seeping into my roots, and I never. You know, Elliot, it's weird because when I was a kid, I got into hit records. Right. You know what I mean? Hit records are like a narcotic. Yes. You, you know, so when I got, I wonder why, a teenager in love, I just wanted to get another hit record. Yeah. Like, what could I do to get a hit record? You know, and sometimes I got close to my, the center, you know, when I did The Wander or Run Around Sue, or Ruby right. Baby. Yeah. I was getting, like, closer to what come natural to me. Uh -huh. But still, I was into hit records. Sure. You know, well, so you kind of get, and you know, yeah, I know you become, I, I know you try to become a hit machine. It's you know you want to talk, you know, keep it going. Now, yeah. you, who was your who was your management back in those days in, in the um, beginning? Oh, hmm. who was? Oh. You, you didn't come from the Morris Levy tribe, did you? No, no. Okay. It was a, the record company almost managed us for a while, right? And then. And then when I went on my own and I did the wander and run around Sue, I got this guy, Sal Bonafetti. Okay. He was just a guy who used to work at William Morris and then he uh, he quit to manage me exclusively. Uh huh. Bobby Darren said, You wanna know? You get a guy who knows the ropes, uh -huh. who has ambition, and uh, get him to manage you exclusively. He was smart, Bobby Darren. So yeah. he told me that and uh you know, he t he told me he told me a lot of things. He he told me about taxes. I didn't know anything about taxes. Nothing. Yeah. Well, well, and a lot of guys so, you know, got a lot of guys got into trouble not knowing taxes. Um, yeah, I, I had no idea what they were. Right. Uh, my father never uh -huh. made enough money to pay taxes. Right. Know, right. I don't think he paid taxes. Well. Well, well, well. So let's let's do a quick rundown. You um, got into the Grammy Hall of Fame, um, and when you inducted, um, you, you were inducted for Runaround Sue, right? And um, you um, right right after that, two thousand and six, you released Bronx and Blue, which was probably the first really really bluesy album that you did. And from that point forward, um, there was a new Dion. You know, there's no more pop Dion. You became um, you, you matured into a blues uh, into a blues artist, right? You know, I, I think I followed that because the music comes so easy to me, and I think it was always at the center of my being. It was the bottom line. Uh -huh. I think everything I did came out of that. You know, came out of listening to Jimmy Reed, right, and John Lee Hooker. Right. And uh, even Hank Williams, you know. Sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, I, I kind of, you know, nobody was looking. I didn't have to please anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I, nobody was, I didn't have to live up to anybody's expectations. I wasn't, right. 
I wasn't reliant on anybody. I wasn't dependent on anybody. I wasn't obligated to anybody. And I thought, what the hell? I can do what I want. Right. So I just did the music that came naturally to me. Right. And uh, so, um, and all all of your blues albums have charted. They did. Yeah, they've all charted. Yeah, all your blues albums hit the blues charts at least. And um, well, I know. Um, I, I guess because I'm with uh, KTBA now that yes. I, I know that the. Uh, uh, Blues with Friends was like number one on, yeah, you know the Billboard blues charts for like almost the whole year. I mean, yes. and, and this one's doing pretty good too. It uh, yeah, so it number one. So Joe, on Joe Bonamassa's um, producing you. No, okay. Uh, I I I recorded all these songs uh-huh. uh, on. Uh, Blues with friends, and even Joe Bonamassa played on it. Yeah, and his manager Roy Weissman. Okay, lives about five houses away from me. Oh, wow. I don't know if I told the story. No. no, but I called him up and I said, I said, Roy, I said I got an album here, and I said Joe Bonamassa played on a track. He said he did, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, manage, he manages him exclusively. Right, and. I said, yeah, I think it's really good. And I told him what it was about and who I did it with. And he said to me, why don't you bring it over? He mm-hmm. said, bring it over. I'll come. He says, I'll come pick it up. So he, he comes over. I, I, I let him hear the album. He looks at me. He says, Dion, what if I told you I'm going to open up a record company right now? You, you'll be the first album on it. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? I said, I'll go with you. <laughs> but the, guy, the guy's a marketing genius, so sure. I, and that's how it started. That's oh, how wow. it started. Okay. And he and Joe Bonamassa are partners. Right. They have like a thing called JNR uh, Production uh, Adventures. Okay. JNR Adventures. Uh, they they uh, they're partners in everything they do. Wow. Okay. So that's how that. Uh, so that's how that. Came into play. Now, how did you get all these artists to um, uh, to lay down tracks on these albums? I mean, you you're the biggest of the biggest there. You know, I I tell you, it's amazing. It amazes me, and I'm very grateful for it. But all I did was, being Joe Bonamassa played on a song. He kind of spearheaded the idea, and I I started thinking in terms of every time I I mean I never wrote any particular song for anybody but mm-hmm. like uh, like on the new album for instance I had the song Dancing Girl right. and all I could hear was Mark Knopfler okay. I thought you know Mark Knopfler is going to sound great on this so all I do is uh, you know get an email send out an email to him and he called me, and he said he'd be delighted. Same thing with Clapton. Wow. They call, and they're like, Dion, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. I mean, we didn't, but, you know, we, I, didn't, we didn't even mention Bruce Springsteen and Patty yet. Oh, my God. They've been so good to me. Uh, I, I can't even explain how good. Uh, Elliot, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. They, did a, they did a song for me called uh-huh. Angel in the Alleyways. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they sent me back. I sent it to them. I wasn't in the studio with them. Okay. They have a studio on their grounds. Yes. They sent me back 64 tracks. Oh, wow. When I called Springsteen and said, wow, you guys, you know, one thing, man, you really put a lot. I feel very loved. I feel like you really put time into this. Yes. A lot of time and care. And he said, Dion, he said, everything you hear on that record is Patty's production. Wow. She, she fell in love with the song, and she told us all what to do. And it was definitely your type of tune. Yeah, I, you know, I, I could almost hear myself, when I'm singing that song, I can almost hear myself as a, a 12, 13-year-old uh-huh. uh, listening to Hank Williams. Right. For some reason, I feel like very... Like I got this Hank Williams vibe on it. I, I don't know yeah. what it in my you know yeah. what I learned from him. Like no vibrato. Uh-huh. That's why I like so much. Right. She has this beautiful soulful vibrato that goes great with my voice. Yeah. Well, the the, the piece you did with Brian Setzer is brilliant. Oh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. He's, we He's could, such a great guy. Yeah, we could sit here all day and just talk about these brilliant people that you've that uh, are, yeah, are just was, are just happy to be working with you. I tell you, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. You, uh, you, I, you I, know what it is, though. Free. You're Dion. That's what it is. Well, you, know, you know, people have to. You, you have to. You have to come back to the temple and pay tribute, and you're the man. You know. Well. Thank you for saying that. Well, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you were doing it when nobody was doing it, and um, you, you, you always did it well. Uh, you, you were great. I mean, you are great. So um, we have a mutual friend, Arno, who plays sax for you when you're on the road. Arno expresses the heart of the Apollo Theater. Right. So that's why I love playing with him. I, when I'm on stage and he's playing, I feel like I'm at the Apollo Theater. I kid you not. He's a monster. He is. Yeah. He's great. He's got that sound. He's 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 brilliant. He's brilliant. So um, once all this craziness dies down a bit, any chance of you hitting the road or? Well, you know, guys like Billy Gibbons are like, Dion, let's do Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. You know, I mean, you know, he. Some of the guys really want to like uh, do a, a PBS thing or something, you know. So wow. you never know. That would be incredible. I mean, you, it, I'm, I'm, anybody out there listening, if you um, if you have money for one download, one album, whatever, you have to pick up the new Dion Blues, um, you know, the new blues piece. It's just incredible. You will, um, you'll be thanking me forever. Stomping ground. It came out in 2021, and every great guitarist out there is on it. And then you go back to Blues with Friends from 2020, and um, a lot of the same guitarists and additional guys, guys like Jeff Beck, who didn't make the second, um, the 2021 album, but they are on the 2020 um, Blues with Friends thing. And um, how about 2022? What are you going to store for us? You know, you're gonna be surprised. I got, I got, I got a big surprise. Yeah. Uh, writing great, but I got a big surprise. Uh, 
I want to keep it like a surprise. I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Don't want to jinx. So, don't want to jinx anything, huh? I don't know. I'm just doing it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. Stay, stay in the moment and enjoy it. Uh-huh. See what happens. Well, um, we um, I would love to keep talking to you, but I don't know if you have uh, if you're tied up today. If you if you want to do this later on in another week, and we could catch up. Um, I have a thousand questions. I, I just love talking to you. Well, I, I can't answer a thousand, but I could stay with you a couple of more minutes. I got to okay. get out of here. All right. You stay well, man. You too, Thanks, my friend. Elliot. I hope you had a good time today, and I want to thank you for everything. And um, would you do a part two with us? Yeah. Four, perfect. Okay. I Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.